Can you hear me now? Yeah? Can you hear me? Like Verizon. I don't have Verizon. I have Cricket. No, I'm just kidding. You never heard of Cricket, have you? <laughs> uh, I won't rub that. Pull it down a little bit. There we go. Is that better? Um, that scripture you said, what was it, uh, Barrett? Um, Proverbs 3 what? Can we put that back up on the screen? Yeah. Proverbs 3. There we go. Honor the Lord with the best part of your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. Uh, can you slip to the next one? Then he will fill your barns with grain and your vats will overflow with good wine. Uh, we're going to get into some stuff. I'm pretty excited for today, but let's pray first. Uh, dear Lord Jesus, we just give you honor and praise for today. You are the God of everything. Father God, you are at the beginning. You're, you're already at the end. You already know how this thing ends, Father. We are victorious. Lord, we thank you, Father God, that we just exalt you as our Lord and Savior. And Father, we thank you that what you're coming to do today is powerful. Father God, the word that you have today, Lord, I don't believe is from me. I believe it's from you. And Father, I thank you, Lord, that it would fall on good ears and good soil. Lord, that it might reproduce a harvest, Father God, of righteousness. Lord, we thank you for it. We thank you for today in Jesus' name. Amen. First of all, I want to thank Pastor Brian and Nicole for the opportunity to be able to speak with you guys. I, uh, um, yeah, God's been preparing some stuff and preparing my heart, and uh, I'm very excited. But that scripture was talking about honor, and if we honor God. Now, the, the, there's another scripture that says um, in Samuel, 1 Samuel 2, verse 30, it says, If you will honor me, I will honor you. Let me go there. Hang on just a second. Yeah, Samuel 2.30 says, Therefore the Lord of, the God said, Lord of God of Israel says, I promise that your branch of tribe of Levi would always be my priests. I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those that think lightly of me. I'm going to despise them. Right? Um, so today we're talking about the, the message. I never have message titles ever. Like as far as I can remember, pastor last asked me last time we, I spoke, I'm like, dude, I have no idea what to call it. Just talking about God or I don't know. Um, but today is submission that brings about the glory. So it's right in with what you were praying. It's right in with, with, uh, what brother Chris and Patty were praying this morning. Um, that in submission brings about the presence of God. Right. If he says that we are adequate, um, it, it says that if I honor, if I honor God, he says, but I will honor those who honor me and despise those who, who despise me. Now, those were priests. Can you imagine walking into the throne of God? Right. The throne of God saying, I'm the crap. Dead. That was easy. You're done. Right. The, 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 the ministers had to do something very special. There were rites and rituals that they had to do. And if it wasn't done to the T, they're going to be dragging them out because they died because the presence of God is so powerful and so holy. And we live in an honor or in a culture and a lack of honor. Look at Twitter. Oh my goodness. I'm like, this guy said this about this and it's all a lack of honor. And guess what? God doesn't bless a lack of honor. My wife and I were missionaries to Africa, and my buddy here, who is a missionary to Africa, uh, Zach Wabel, is here. To hang, he's been hanging out with us. And uh, one of, thanks for coming. Thanks for coming and hanging out with us. Uh, one of the things that, that Africa knows is honor. Yeah. Boy, if you went and mouthed off, to, then the whole village would have whooped you. 
That's, I kind of liked it. If the neighbor kids came and acted up, how would the neighbor kids? It didn't matter. You're like, oh, my goodness, I can't believe you'd spank somebody else's kid. But, you know, that's what they did, right? And then, heaven forbid, you told them that, that the American whooped you because then you'd have got another whooping. Kind of, kind of like when you were a kid and, and if you got a spanking at school, you never want to tell your parents, oh, I'm not telling them. But we live in a culture of a lack of honor, right? And so, look, I remember there was a really bad song that was Blank the Cops, right, back in the day. That was the generation, right? If we, if we look at how we were formed as a nation was out of what? Rebellion. Right? We split off. Did it turn out good for us? Yes. But in our nature, just because of where we came from is the spirit of rebellion that if not suppressed or completely rejected, will destroy your life. Right? Uh, yeah. Wow. I felt that too. That was God. Yeah. It, it will destroy your life. We think, well, I can live how I want to live. We were talking about lack of peace and this problem happening and that problem happening. The Bible says in... Um, I got lots of notes. I don't know how much of them I'm going to use, but we're going to try. Uh, James 4, verse 6 through 9, or through 10, uh, it says, He gives greater grace, therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. I hear a whole lot of people quoting that wrong. Resist the devil, and he going to go. That's not what it says. It says, submit. Okay. That's a five-letter word that we call a cuss word, right. right? In our culture. Oh, I'm submit. Whoa, that guy said submit. What? <laughs> He's swearing at me, right? I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm serious. Like, if, if you asked me 10 years ago, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do what the Lord says do no matter what leadership says. I was talking to Zach about when they were sending us to the field. I had an epiphany. and I don't know if it was this morning I told you that. Or yesterday, um, and I'm in the in the in the shower, and I'm gonna go do the will of God. The Lord called us. I knew He called us. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to do it. I thought that they would see the, the the group that we were going. I thought they were gonna see it and be like, "Man, all right." No, they saw it as a rebellion. So we need to do something different to make sure that He's really in some. We need to do. We need to send Him somewhere different to try Him to see if He's really in submission to what God wants. Huge. So in our rebellion, it leads to devastation, right? So we have to make it a part of our life to submit, right? So if we submit to God, the Bible says in James, it says, submit to God, therefore resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be miserable, mourn, and weep. That's great. Um, let your laughter be turned into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord that he might exalt you. If the Lord... Where's the other scripture? I just wrote it down. 2 Corinthians 3, 6. If you got time, turn there. If not, we'll, uh, we'll read it. It says we are made, or he has, uh, he has made us as competent ministers of a new covenant. Amen. We are comp- we're ministers. Yeah. Right. When I come to Christ and I submit my life to him, yeah. I am now a minister. Yeah. Do you know what the, in the olden times they were ministering to the Lord, right? They would do their rituals. They would praise God. And it said that the glory would fill the temple. Yeah. The very presence of God would Now, if the Bible says that we are that temple and we live in, okay, separate thought. If we live in rebellion, how is the Lord going to inhabit us? 
Mm -mm. You will have chaos. You will have confusion. You, things will go wrong for you, I promise, out of personal, I don't even know what you call it, experience. Personal experience. They will, they will just go wrong. So if we are adequate ministers of a new covenant and we are heirs, the Bible says in Philippians or Romans verse eight or chapter eight, verse 16 through 18, he said, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children heirs also, you know what an heir is? Not a hair, but an heir, right? They look kind of the same except to E instead of A or A. Yeah, right. Um, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. Indeed, we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. But if we are in a place of rebellion, it just goes wrong. I mean, am I preaching to anybody here? I mean, is anybody understanding what I'm talking about? Things just go wrong. Before I went to Africa... I only knew the favor of God, right. only knew it. I'm like, I would go here, this would happen. I'd get this job, I'd get this promotion, I'd get this. The second I got into rebellion, I said, this, well, I'm gonna go do the will of God. In a good thought, in a good, uh, my heart was to do the will of God. But forget anybody else if they had anything different to say about it. Right. Praise be to God, Pastor Brian has been very gracious and, and amazing man of God. Right. So we've been teaching. He's been teaching a lot about submission and authority. And it hit me. Whoa. OK, God, I'm sorry, Lord. I'll submit. Right now we say, OK, submit to God. But what about submitting to men? Curse word number two. Am I lying? They're like, what? I ain't, I ain't, ain't no man going to tell me what to do. Right. Come on. I'm going to do what I want to do. And then, and then, oh God, oh God, oh God. No, we do what the Lord says. So turn in your Bibles. Boom, boom, boom. I got lots of scriptures. I love scripture. Pay tells me I read too many scriptures, but <laughs> she's like, dude, you're going to get lost. Um, all right. First Samuel chapter 12. So if we're, if we should submit to those that are in authority over you, I want to I want to read this these couple of passages. Um, pretty poignant. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is David, especially with David and Saul. Saul missed it and got it right and never recovered. David missed it, but recovered. Right. Um, so it says now, verse thirteen says, "Now therefore, he here is the king whom you have chosen." Right. So the children of Israel, uh, they're they're like, we don't want to talk to you through the prophet. Give us a king. And he's like, dude, you have no idea what you're asking for. This is going to cost 10% of your food. It's going to cost your children. It's going to cost, they're going to serve the king. Your men are going to go to war. You don't know what you're asking about. Instead of just letting God be their God and talk with him through the prophet directly. Um, um, so if you will fear the Lord, so he said, and behold, the Lord has set a king over you. If you will fear the Lord and serve him and listen to his voice and not what? rebel against the command of the Lord. I'm in first Samuel chapter 12, verse 14 and rebel against the command of the Lord. Then both you and also the King who reigns over you will follow the Lord, your God. If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the command. Of, I think the Lord knew what he was going to do. And he's just warning him. Hey buddy, get it right. 
And he said, in verse 15, he said, If you will not listen to the voice of the Lord, but rebel against the command of the Lord, then the hand of the Lord will be against you. Right? What is that scripture? Let's go back to James. You can keep it, keep it there on that. Um, let's go back to James. It says, he is opposed to the proud. Right? If I'm in rebellion, I'm proud. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You know? Right? Um, he says, and if you rebel against the command of the Lord as it was, then the Lord will be against you as it was against your fathers. See, Saul, had he listened, look, you, you, we're about to read a little bit further. He, he's only in, in office for a really short time before he screws it all up. Not long at all. It says, verse 16, he said, even now take your stand against this great thing, which the Lord, um, will do even now take your stand to see that this great thing which the Lord will do before your eyes is it not the wheat harvest today I will call to the Lord and he will send thunder and rain then you will know and see that your wickedness is great right how many of you know that in the harvest time I don't think you get rain any farmers in here if it rains during your wheat harvest, that's really bad, right? So this was something that he said, look, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call down rain in the middle of the season. And, and this is how you're going to know you kind of missed it for asking for a king in the first place. Um, so Samuel, verse 18. So Samuel called to the Lord and the Lord sent thunder and rain all that day. And people greatly feared the Lord and Samuel. Verse 19, then all the people said to Samuel, pray for your servants to the Lord, your God, so that we may not die. For we have added to our sins this evil thing by asking for ourselves a king. So the, they screwed up big time, right? So he said, if you won't rebel against me and you'll do what I say, basically what he was telling me is your, your kingdom will last, right? Down a little bit further. First Samuel verse 13 or chapter 13, verse one, he said, Saul reigned for 30 years old when he began to reign and he reigned for 42 years over Israel. Uh, now choose. Now Saul chose for himself 3000 men of Israel, of which 2000 were with Saul at Michmash and in the hill country of Bethel, while a thousand were with Jonathan at the Gibeah of Benjamin. Don't you love uh, Old Testament words? You got, it's really tough. Um, what'd you say? Yay. Uh, but he sent away the rest of the people each to his tent. Jonathan smote the garrison. Smote means like destroy, right? Uh, smote the garrison of the Philistines that was in Geba and, or Geba. And the Philistines heard of it. Then Saul blew the trumpet throughout the land saying, let the Hebrews hear all the, all heard, all Israel heard the news that Saul had smitten the garrison of the Philistines and also that Israel had become odious, which basically means like a stench in their eyes. Like it, like just so like, ugh, ugh, I'm done. We don't even want them. Let's take them out. This is, this is they're, they're like, we're going to have to totally destroy them. And so to the Philistines, the people were then summoned to Saul at Gilgal. Now the Philistines assemble with them to fight, uh, to fight with Israel, 30,000 chariots. Is that what yours says? It does. Okay. 30,000 chariots, 30,000 chariots. Like, can you imagine that would be like a line from, uh, all the way to Concord? I mean, it would be, 
a whole bunch of horses, can't imagine, and 6,000 horsemen and people, how you do that? That's kind of funny, 30,000 chariots and 6,000 horsemen, okay, so 6,000 guys that are riding on horses, and people like the sand which is on the seashore in abundance, so basically he's saying it's as far as you can see, there's people that are getting ready to wipe us out, right, Uh, and they came up and camped in Michmash, east of Beth-Avon, when the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were hard-pressed, which means they, were, they, were, they didn't know where to go, then the people hid themselves in caves and thickets, in cliffs and in cellars and in pits. Also, some of the Hebrews crossed the Jordan into the land of Gad and Gilead, but as for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Now, we're getting ready to get talking about submission to authority, and there is a, <laughs> there's a hierarchy, right? So, um, God puts people in your life on purpose, right? Peter, let's read about Peter. You can keep that one there. I'll, I'll just tell you the, where it is. Um, Peter, God's good. Thank you, Jesus. Maybe. Hebrew, that's where it is. It's my Hebrew. Hebrews, that's funny. My wife loves coffee, so Hebrews. Terrible joke. There it is. Hebrews 13, 17. Obey, and I like to have fun in the week. When I get on Sunday, I have a hard time telling like real jokes, you know? I just can't do it. I don't know why. Really serious. That's what it is. I'm so serious in life that I have to joke so much to like hide it all, right? It says, Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to them. What was that five-letter word again? What was it? Say it with me. Submit. One more time. Submit. One more. Submit. Okay. Submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls. How many of you have had a word from a pastor or prophet, evangelist, teacher, uh, man of God or man of woman in your life that have changed your life? What would have happened if you didn't, what was that five-letter word? To their authority in regards to your life. Chaos. Huh? We'd have missed it. We'd have missed it. I missed plenty. Oh, I'm not going to. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? So it says, obey, to their, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep a watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Like there are people that are entrusted to leaders that is theirs, right? To, to watch over, to guard, to protect. So when they tell you something, and, and I would not ever do it like this. This is what I'm going to do. What do you think about it? What can he do? What can pastor do when we tell him, hey, I'm going to go out and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm buying 17 houses. You, you, I might would consult, say, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm feeling like the Lord's saying this. What do you think about it? But the problem, here's the issue. We are afraid that if we submit, he's going to tell us something, or even God himself, for that matter, will tell, him, tell us to do something other than what we feel in our heart we need to do. I feel, this is the lie of the enemy. Lie number one. He says, well, I can hear for God myself. Was I not hearing for God for myself? Did I not know I needed to go to Africa? You better believe it. God sanctioned it. I know for, with like, my, wow. He, I was praying one day and I felt, I, I, I saw people. I was one of the most terrified persons you ever met in, in sharing the gospel. And God removed it. And he said, they're either going to bother me now or later. And later's too late. 
okay, all right. But if we say, well, I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to pull myself under, out from authority. There's no more blessing. There's no more of his anointing. There's no, the, the only thing that we will get is chaos, confusion. That's why when we get into rebellion, you feel it instantly. Instantly. The moment I decided to come home, peace came back like that. Now, thanks be to God, terrible stuff happened to us. Praise God, my wife almost died. Praise God, we got robbed. 9,500 Gs they got us for. $9,500, right? Now, God took care of it, but at knife point with the lady that was helping us, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. God was, hey, man, I'm trying to, trying to save you. His grace was still sufficient in all of it, yeah. even in the wrong. Right. God still moved. See, that's the scary thing. We think because God's moving in our lives that we're in submission or we're in. The Bible says that gifts of God are without reproach. He gives you a gift. Brother, you're going to lay hands on the sick. They're going to get healed. He doesn't pull that away. That's why we have to be careful. You can look at some of the old, old preachers, William Brenham, and a couple of other guys that moved in healing. And then all of a sudden, doctrine got a little bit off. People still getting healed, right? So we have to be careful that we don't think that in our good works and even in the healing. I'm telling you, people were getting healed there. We prayed for people in Africa. God was still healing them. Still in disobedience still in rebellion, but that's not right. So it was his grace and mercy that allowed us to come back in and get resubmitted to the will of God. So if I'm going to be in submission, I'll have peace. How many of you want peace today? I'm talking about peace and it don't matter. Look, if, if what your situation is, peace, that's what the Bible says. He says, God will give you the peace that passes what? All understanding, all understanding. All understanding. But he loves us that much. So sometimes God in his infinite grace and mercy, I don't think God causes anything bad to ever happen. He's a good guy. He don't, he don't, he don't do wrong to us. No, no. We might do something like that. Well, you did wrong. I'm going to tease you a little bit or I'm going to torture you. No, he's not like that. He's not like that. So, but it is his grace and mercy to allow things sometimes. Right? Or maybe not even necessarily allowed. We open the door ourselves. He's like, dude, y'all are on your own. I, how can I... We open, okay, think about it like this. We have, okay, went to Kenya once. Kenya was awesome. Loved it. You preach, they listen, they honor. God does stuff. He was healing people in other villages. It was nuts. Throwing canes down, it was awesome. But the way that they have, the Maasai are very uh, different people. They're nomads. So they'll travel with a group of cattle to a certain area. Right. And then they'll bring them back in at nighttime to protect them. There's lions. Right. And I don't know if you've ever seen a lion. I mean, I've seen them like right there. And uh, <laughs> and when they roar, it's like this. And it's like your spine is like, oh, I want to melt away and crawl away and cry. Um, but we were there. And so there's a, basically what they do is they take these thorns. Now, African thorns, they're not like our thorns. African, we, we got these little bitty thorns. No, there's, go, they're, there's like that long. And it'll go right through your foot. So they'll chop the trees. They'll wrap them in bundles that are about six or seven feet tall. And they'll move them around the whole entire um, uh, area. Bring all the cattle in. And then the mound of poop, the higher it is, the more wealthy you are because they got more cattle, right? That's interesting when you're preaching and you have. That's nasty. Anyways, side note. Um, so, okay, so imagine that and imagine lions outside. 
This is how much, this is, this is how bad a lack of submission is. We're saying, okay, there's order inside my camp. I have nothing that can touch me. That lion's not going to jump in that thicket. The lion's not coming over. And then they have fires too. So there's no, there's no danger. You can completely, you know what? I'm just going to rest today. I can be at peace. I don't have nothing. Oh man, it's so, and you can rest to sleep. But can you imagine the feeling of leaving your gates open? I want you to get a mental picture of what I'm talking about here. You, you, you leave the gates of the thing open. Do you think you could rest? You're thinking, I saw that, that movie about lying in the darkness. With that lion going in there and yanking people and dragging them out. Uh, so you would have a lack of peace. Not only that, the enemy can come in. The lion can come in at any point he wants because there's no one watching guard. There's no doors that are closed. So basically, to really put it, 1 Samuel 15, verse 22 and 23. It's 23. It says that for rebellion is what? Say it again. Yeah, it says for rebellion is as of the sin of witchcraft. So in all essence, it is opening up the doors to the demonic. He now has free reign. So it's like saying, hey, Mr. Lion, got a bunch of cattle in here and it's free. So all I have to do is submit to God. The Bible says, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. So the second I submit, Lord, I submit to you. Forgive me for being in rebellion. Uh, whatever it is. I don't care if it's small. Man, my kids should be going here to school instead of here. It could be small. You think it's small. Yep. But it could make a difference for their entire life. Yep. Right? Yep. So the moment I say, Lord... Forgive me, I repent. The Bible says he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins, that if we will ask for forgiveness instantly. I don't care how long it's been. I don't care if you were called at a young age, walked away. The Lord will instantly make us right with him. And what it does is, boop, the doors are shut. And guess what? No more pillaging, no more raping, no more, right? No more free access. And that's what it feels like. It feels like the, 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 the gates of our heart are open to attack and it won't stop. That's rebellion. So the second I say, Lord, I submit not only to you, but to my leaders. I don't know if y'all are getting this, but <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. <laughs> it's good stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, the second we submit to God, the doors, I'm nuts. We know it. You have to be to move to Africa, right? Yeah, Ooh, I can throw a spear too. Um, so the second we say, I submit myself to you, Lord, the door is shut. Right. So you're saying I might need to repent. Yep. 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 I might need to ask God to forgive me in a certain area of my life. You might not even know about it. You might have since forgot. Hey, the Lord said, do this. Maybe you were supposed to do X and the Lord said, do this. Just repent. His grace is sufficient. In the middle of, of our weakness, that's where the strength of God comes. But if we don't submit, it is the great, oh man. Paul, the, 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 the attack that comes when we have those doors open is grace. Because right. if it's not, we will spend eternity separated from God for all time. So the doors being open and the attack coming, la, 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 uh, that is grace. Because it causes us to say, okay, something might be wrong. I should have peace. So take a moment. Think about your life. Think about what area. And it might only be a certain area. It might not be the entire life. It might just be in my finances. Or it might be um, in this area or that area. 
But, but if there's chaos and confusion, God's a God of order. There's no chaos in him, right? There's peace, there's mercy, there's grace. So the Bible says that we must live as Jesus did. How did he live? He lived in submission. How many of you know going to a cross? That's not pleasant. But he asked. He's like, look, if there's any way we can do something different, maybe, maybe send somebody else, you know. Or No, he didn't say that. But he did, he did question God. He said, hey, look, if there's any other way, is there another way? He's like, no, this is the way. So we need to live at, as he lived. The Bible says in 1 John 2, verse 3, it says, By this we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. 1 John 2, 4, The one who says, I have come to know him and does not keep his commandments, he is a liar and the truth is not in him. 1 John 2, 5, But whoever keeps his word in him, the love of God has truly been perfected. And by this we are in him. The one who abides in him ought ought himself to walk in the same manner as Christ walked. What did he do? He, what did he do? What five letter word did he do? Submitted. He submitted. And what happened? He grew in favor. Even right, even up to his death. The Bible says in Luke 2.52. He said he grew in the favor of God and man. He prospered. He did well. He did well. Um, but if we are going to be in a place of. Um, rebellion, then we really won't see the glory of God. Um, I know we, we, we talk about uh, wanting to have the glory of God or, you know, there have been times throughout history where there have been major moves of God. I'm talking about the presence of God so thick, so tangible that you can't even stand before God. It's that powerful. But he didn't come to inhabit a people or a place that's rebellious. He won't, he will oppose us. It's his very grace and mercy. Um, so, but what he wants to do is make, and what pastor wants to do is make a place that is suitable for the, what is the, how does he put it? Suitable for the administration of the glory of God. So to be able to minister to the Lord where there's weeks and months where people just don't want to leave because the glory and the presence of God is so tangible that you can cut it with a knife. That's what he wants. I'll tell you a story. I was in, um, and we'll read some scriptures about the old temple and how it was. And then we'll go to the new temple. Um, I was at Chili's and I, don't judge me. I sometimes sit at the bar. I'm, I love to evangelize and I'm always waiting for an opportunity, right? But I want to talk to you about it. So what, what he, and if you have had, you know, times in your life where you've been an alcoholic or don't do that. You know, that's not. But for me, I felt like I needed to be here. So anyways, so I'm sharing with this guy and uh, he, he just kept talking. I'm like, Lord, I'm not in the mood. I don't want to share anything. I want to eat my dinner. I've been driving for a billion miles. I want to go back to the hotel and I want to go to sleep. And uh, so I'm negotiating with God, right? That never works. <laughs> He's God. He knows it all. And so uh, I didn't even, normally I know when someone is getting ready to receive Christ, I had no clue. And I'm like, well, I guess I can throw a couple things out and see what happens. So I threw a couple of things and he bit. I'm like, whoa, okay. 
because um, he was talking. He's like, man, let me buy you a beer. Let me, you know, I'm like, no, I don't want a beer. I'm good. And, uh, well, let me, let me, you know, I said, well, you can have half my food because I'm not going to eat it all. And he, he said, no, no, I don't want your food. Don't want your food. And he kept calling me Brother David. Brother David, let me, let me ask you a question. And then he, then he, then he made a mistake. He quoted scripture wrong. I'm like, oh, bro. So I pulled my phone out. And, uh, and so it was uh, about our body being the temple, right? The temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's like, now if I... If I, if, I, if I smoke or drink, you know, the Lord's going to destroy me or something, it was something outlandish. I said, God loves you so much, you know, that he sent his only son to die for you. And I said, let me tell you a story. And so I began to tell him a story about the temple and how holy the temple, that's what he was referring to, that this temple is holy. We need to be holy, right? And uh, God's not looking to destroy us, right? So, so he goes, um, so I bring him to the Old Testament and we start talking about the temple, and I said, and what would happen, the ministers would minister, the, the Levites would minister to the Lord, and the presence of God whoom, would fall in the place. And I said, if they were, if they were um, out of line or had sin in their life, they were dead, gone and done. And so the moment I said that, dude, the glory came in a bar. It was nuts. I'm like, I could feel the presence of God, and he could feel the presence of God. I'm like, do you feel that? And he said, Yeah. And I'm like, do you want it? Uh-huh. <laughs> so we prayed. He accepts Christ in the bar, right? People are all around him. He's confessing Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And he's hugging me. You know, we're in a bar, right? At Chili's, at the bar. And um, so he accepts Christ. And I'm like, this is awesome. Um, so, but, but what we were talking about was the presence of God and the weightiness of his glory. That's what it was in the olden time. How much more now? The Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Would you find that one for me? We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are. So if he filled the old temple, which was man-made, what happens when the presence of God comes in and, and touches Haley's life? And he fills her. And he takes those fears away. And he, and he, and he, and he blesses us. We're actually ministering to God. But there's a break if we're in rebellion. And anybody, is this hitting home in anybody? It's really quiet. Um, so, so, but if we want the glory to the level, look, pastor prays. He says, Lord, let us see you to the level that you will allow us to see you. That's a weird prayer. Think about it. Why not just say, Lord, we want it all. Because I think that, you know, back in, back in, when they were, the Israelites were at the mountain they said, if, you, if they touch the mountain, kill them, right? Don't even let it put a barrier around it. Don't let it. That's how holy the presence of God. So pastor's praying, hey, let's, we want the glory to the level that we can handle it, right? So, but all we have to do, man, you want to talk about a move of God like we've never seen before, like this country's never seen, like this world has never seen. If Jesus says that we want you, to, he wants us to do greater stuff than him. Think about that. That's not prideful. He paid the price. That I can be right with God and I can walk with power. So when the sick come up, like my brother over here, that the Lord's fixing to do some amazing stuff. Bro, he's he, he going to get it all right. All right. He, in a moment, we'll have something to offer. And, uh, but if the enemy can use this simple little old tool as a rebellion, he's got us. No power, no authority. We'll get our behinds whooped and wonder what's going on. I believe this is a word for God, for maybe for one of you, maybe for two of you, maybe for all of you. I know it's for me. And um, that if we will just stay into submission, there's going to be thoughts. Well, you know, I don't really need to talk to so-and-so about this. Talk to them. 
Trust. Trust. If, you're, if you can't trust those that are in leadership, you're in the wrong spot. Right? You need to find a place where you can trust. If you're planted here, then I would trust those that are in leadership. Now, if they're doing something unbiblical, there's a, there's a way to handle that, right? But he's not. He's an amazing man of God. And we can trust the things that, that the Lord's been teaching him. And uh, check it. Check what I'm saying. Is it scriptural? Is it? Go back to the Bible. What does the word of God say in regards to that? So let's read a couple of scriptures on the glory. Did you find that one? You? First Corinthians. Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? Can you go to the next one? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God with your body. If, if, if I am living in sin, the Bible says that um, we should not connect ourselves to a harlot. And basically what the Lord was saying is that we don't, when, I, when I do wrong, what was that scripture that we were talking about the other day? You remember? That'll be right. Don't worry. Um, basically what it says is that if I attach, should I attach the body of Christ to a harlot? So if I'm living in sin, oh man, holy cow. Wow. If I'm living in rebellion, I'm hurting you. If I'm living in rebellion, I'm hurting Greg. If I'm living in rebellion, I'm hurting Paul. If I'm living in rebellion, it's not just sexual stuff with our body. It's talking about the whole thing. But if I'm in rebellion, it affects the flow of worship. It affect, affects, affects the presence of God. 1 Corinthians 6.18. Um, is where that scripture is. Um, but if, um, can you pull that one up? I'm, I'm making them work hard, huh? Okay. Let me see. Yay. All right. Verse first Corinthians 16 verse fifth or six verse 15. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I take away the members of Christ and make them be members of a prostitute? May it never be. Or do you know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one with her? For the, the word says, the two shall become one flesh. But the one who joins himself to the Lord is one with him in spirit. Flee immorality. Um, every other sin a man commits outside his body, but the immoral man sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is a temple for the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body. So you have been bought with a price. We must live our lives in submission. So it's a life of submission. God promises eternal life with one catch. There's, we have to submit. The Lord has to become Lord of your life. See, Peter wrote, he said, we need to know him not only as Savior, but Savior and Lord. See, there's a difference. Yeah. Well, if I ask people all the time, I witness all the time. Everywhere I go, I'm witnessing. And uh, I ask them, hey, what, who's Jesus to you? Well, he's the savior of the world. Right. But what else is he? Well, he's just a savior. Well, so what we'll have, we'll have people on a Sunday keep coming up to get saved. Well, if he forgives me, it's done. Right? right? It's finished. And so I, I know him as a savior. Well, if he's the savior, you're just asking the Lord, okay, Lord, just forgive me for my sins. Forgive me for my sins. Well, there's a time in life when we say, okay, Lord, you're number one. You are now the Lord of my life. Whatever you want me to do, it's yours. Yep. Amen. Otherwise, we are in what? Rebellion. What did we say? Say it one more time. Rebellion. 
Right. We are in rebellion. How can we say we love God if we're in rebellion to him? Amen. First John says we can't and we're liars. I don't want to be a liar and I don't want my father being the devil. I want, I want it to be Jesus. But we must make them the Lord of our life, which means, well, what does it mean when someone's your Lord? They're in control. That's a good answer. They're in control. Think about the old lords back in uh, um, England. Imagine you were a lord of the castle and your servant said, I'm not doing that. <laughs> they would have got whooped, right? How much more should we honor the things of God and honor those that are in leadership? You want to receive something incredible from God? Get into submission. Right. It'll draw things out of pastor. It'll draw. It'll draw the giftings of God. Things will happen. You'll uh, you'll honor and God will look your healing that you need is in honor. You honor, honor the men of God. When you get look, we're going to have pastors coming from all over the world. Watch, watch. They're going to be mighty men of God and we cannot treat them with contempt. We cannot treat them with contempt because if we do not highly esteem and honor the things of God and the men of God, then we will miss out on the things that God has for us. But I'm talking about a greater level of glory and anointing that will come from something just as submissive as, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'll do. Lord, you want me to follow a leader? Paul said, follow me. Follow me. I ain't following Paul. I'm going to do my own thing. Right? There were some guys that tried that. They ended up making up after, but... At the time, I can imagine that was a heated debate. I'm not doing that. Dude, you're done. <laughs> so um, that's what God wants. And so God wants us to, because we are ministers of a new covenant, we're going to read a couple more scriptures. And I got one for you. So basically, I could sum it up in one line. The level of your submission will equal the level of glory that you will walk in. So if you are not in full submission, 100%, right? Because you can't be 110%. You're either in or you're out, right? Um, 98 is fail. Uh, So the level of submission that you will walk in will equal the glory that you will remain in, right? Jesus says, remain in me and I will remain in you. Greater things will we not do than he told us? Do we believe it? Yes, it's true. The Bible is the inerrant word of God. It's true. It's truth. And we can stand on everything that the Lord says. The Lord says. Brother, God's got a plan. I don't know if you know that. That's my brother, Matthew. God's got it. When I was praying in prayer and worship, um, uh, I don't know what this will mean to you, but um, Zacchaeus. Remember the story of Zacchaeus? No? I'm going to read it. The Bible says, hey, any kids, do you remember a little song? Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up. He couldn't see, right? He was shorter and he couldn't see. So he said, he said, he climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord. He wanted to see. You remember it? You remember it's bringing back memories, right? Um, And uh, he said, Zacchaeus, you come down for there for I'm going to your house today. And this is what the Lord says for you today. And basically, it's in Luke 19, 9. He said, salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true, uh, a, a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save that, those who are lost. And the Lord said, salvation's coming to your house today. Amen. That's what he said. Salvation. Now, salvation is not just 
the, the saving of our soul. There's health. It's something that I can ask God for. And there's been a lot of bad teaching out there. Well, the Lord has afflicted me with this great disease. Really? Then he would be a cruel God. He'd be a hateful God. And so we're going to pray for you, if that's okay. And, um, but I think today is your day. And um, I believe that, I don't know if you can feel the glory of God, but God's here. And, um, um, you know, you need to make him the Lord of your life. He needs to be number one. Right? So are you ready to do that today? Are you ready to walk with him? Why don't we do that?